0: Welcome, everybody, back to our final episode in our mini dividend portfolio series. I got a cat actually crawling in the back. Do you see that? I'm going to look on my screen. Oh, I do see a cat there. Yeah. I didn't even notice that.
1: Maybe that's the Arista cat.
0: Well, there you go. The aristocrat you're talking about in the last one. That's very fitting for today's episode because very well
1: scripted, Brandon. Very well. That
0: just very well scripted. We've already covered three different uh, topics in dividend, uh, high yielding dividend stocks in episode one. We covered dividend growth stocks in episode two. We covered uh, what was our third one, Dad? It was. Di- monthly uh, dividends we covered a bunch dividend of them, yep. and that was just last week and we're fin- finalizing our series here today with the final request which is dividend aristocrats and we're going to be going through six stocks a selection from both of us and really tie things together and take a look at how our hypothetical dividend portfolio there's another cat jumping up on the thing too actually oh,
1: geez that well there's the aristocrats uh, yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Well, i'll give. i'll see, i'll show that what's going mm-hmm. on up, up here
1: Oh wow! Yeah, up there, kibbles and bits.
0: No, our dish, our dishwasher is actually uh, dr- blocked at the moment, Dad. Which I may, may need to call in a a father favor from you. I don't know how to unclog that. I tried, but anywho, let's get back <laughs> into the video. Maybe I'll start off with this, Dad. For those of for those viewers that don't know what a dividend aristocrat is, yeah, what is that? Can you explain a little bit just before we get into our stock picks?
1: Uh, I sure will. And there's sort of a basic uh, definition, but there's a whole bunch of varieties of them as well. Essentially what the aristocrats indices do is they acknowledge companies that have a long history of paying dividends, uh, having uninterrupted dividends, uh, raising dividends. There's different categories and there's different rules for us companies
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: for Canadian companies. And so I'm just going to go over those real quickly um, so that you, you know, the you know what we're talking about here. So I'm going to start first of all with the Canadian rules. They pale in comparison to the U.S. But essentially, for Canadian rules, uh, uh, to be a member of the S&P Canadian TX, dividend, yeah. uh, dividend Aristocrat Index, you have to have a market cap of at least 300 million dollars. You have to have increased your dividend for each of the last five years, mm-hmm. and then you must be also listed on the TSE and be a member of the S&P 500, uh, or sorry, the S&P Canada bmi which is the broad market index so not that's not a hard barrier to hit five you know, years. there's a lot of companies that fall into that category um, so it's a pretty low bar in my opinion to be called an aristocrat now for us it is a little bit more um, strict and there are a number of diff- different categories i'll just go through those, those real quickly here a dividend achiever is a company that has increased their dividend at least 10 years in a row. A Dividend Contender is a company that has raised their dividends for 10 to 24 consecutive years. A Dividend Champion is a company that has increased its dividend in at least 25 years in a row. Uh, Regardless of whether it's part of the S&P 500 or not, a Dividend Aristocrat, which we're focused on here today, is a company that is part of the S&P 500 for the U S companies and has increased its dividend for at least 25 years in a row. And a dividend King is a company that has increased its dividend for at least 50 years in a row. So clearly the bar is much higher there, but we are going to be talking about some Canadian companies that have a long history as well that don't fall into this uh, category directly, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the video.
0: And I think, Dad, what this goes to show when you have companies that are paying these long streaks is that really gives us some insight into the company's management. We talk about that all the time, and they're ultimately the ones that dictate um, how much dividends get paid out to shareholders, how they're managing a company's cash flow. And, you know, I think back to our dividend growth episode we did, right? You know, maybe we looked at some companies that were growing at 20%, 30% a year, and that's phenomenal. but. Just as important as that is how confident can we be in these companies to sustain those dividends during tough periods, right? It's great if a company's growing at thirty percent per year, but what if they've never been through a financial crisis? What if they've never been through an economic downturn? and, yeah, the great the growth is great. But, when you look at the aristocrats, which have been through these periods time right. and time again, that's really where I think the appeal is with these companies when it comes down to the security of these dividends.
1: To me, that really is the differentiator because it shows um, that yes, a management places a very high priority on the dividends. It also shows that yeah, through you know, rough waters and through calm waters, mm-hmm. they uh, they have the ability. Typically, you'll see on these dividend aristocrat uh, companies, you're going to see. A relatively conservative payout ratio, for example, you're going to see strong free cash flow because there's that margin of safety there. So when you do go through a rough patch, you're not going to have to either cut Mm -hmm. or suspend. Or in these cases, you actually have the capacity to increase. So clearly, if you're increasing the dividend for uh, 50 years in a row, there is a huge priority on that aspect and you're managing your cash flow accordingly. Yeah
0: clearly and there's one final note that i would say before we actually dive into the stock picks and we'll actually notice this in one of my picks there are times where companies will if they don't want to lose this status of a dividend aristocrat or a dividend king you will come across cases where a company will raise their dividend by let's say a penny right during tough times you know um you may hear oh my god this company has an 80 year streak that is phenomenal but when you dig beneath the layers, well, yeah. in certain years they say with they announced that they're literally increasing their dividend by a penny. So by by the book, yes, they have continued to increase, but you know, it could be a little artificial. And that's just one thing to look at, right? We don't want to take everything at face value.
1: There's got to be like a little there should be a little asterisk beside that. Yeah. As saying, you know, you <laughs> look do. at the year, year year over year numbers <clears throat> to see a percentage it's you know, point zero zero one percent rise doesn't really qualify exactly. It's just something they did their dividend, I guess. So that's good. Pardon? At least it means they didn't cut their dividend.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's a a positive there. That's that's one thing to think about. But let's dive on into our stock selection. Um, If you've made it this far, well, not this far, but if you've uh, enjoyed the series this far, Mm -hmm. leave a thumbs up on this video before we dive any deeper. That really does help out. Uh, Let us know in the comment section below. But dad, take it away with your first stock pick.
1: Sounds good. As sort of as a usual practice, I'm going to split my picks between a Canadian company and a U.S. company. And my first pick today is from Canada and it is the company Fortis, the ticker is FTS. I think you've covered this uh, in its own solo video at some point in the past, Brandon, but Fortis is a company multiple times. uh, Fortis is a company that is uh, currently trading at around $55 or just just shy of $56 per share and is paying a dividend of 3.6%. Fortis is uh, an amazing company in Canada. I'll just go quickly through a few of the things I like about the company. First of all, it has very uh, diversified operations. That's one of the things I really look for is revenue streams. It's got 10 operations, you know, transmission operations, electric and gas. Uh, They're into infrastructure. From an assets perspective, uh, geographically, they have about 34% of their assets in Canada, 63% in the U.S. and 3% in the Caribbean. Uh, geographically you'll notice uh, we'll just throw up maybe a chart or a map up on the on the screen here Brandon and you'll see that they have operations in Canada quite a few in the US and then even in the Grand Caymans and the Turks and Caicos Mm -hmm. and what I'm going to suggest just to complete the due diligence on this uh, this project we've been doing when we're allowed to travel again I think we should go down to Turks and Caicos and the Grand Caymans for a couple of weeks just to complete the, you know, to round out the, the check the out.
0: Habit. Check out how the utilities are there. How yeah. Well, we really should do that. So if
1: you're up to that, I think we'll make arrangements for that once some. I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with that, Dad. Sounds good. Um, carrying on with with the company here, one of the things I like, and this is sort of a 2021 type thing, but they are moving towards. A more environmentally friendly business, and you'll notice by a chart we have here, they're, they're stating that by twenty thirty-five, they will have basically removed all of the fossil fuel generation aspect from their business. Which I think right now is still pretty reasonable, but I think they're going to get down to like one percent or somewhere in that range. So you know, virtually all of their money will be from you know energy delivery, renewable, and carbon-free uh, generations. Quick chart here that shows the 20 year comparison versus the Toronto Stock Exchange, both the exchange itself and the utility sector. And you can see that uh, the company has a very, very respectable return uh, over that 20 time period. Now I took this from their uh, 2020 annual report. So of course, you know, there's charts and graphs can make anything look, they can pick periods of time. But I think this is a pretty good representation of how they've done uh, versus the broader uh, indices and their peers there. Talking now about their dividends specifically, because that's what this video is is really about. They're paying about $2 uh, a share in dividends. Again, I mentioned earlier that's a 3.6% yield. They've got a five-year compound annual growth rate of that dividend of 6.7%. And they have been paying for 47 consecutive years. Wow. In fact, they don't have been paying. They've been increasing their record so i mentioned earlier there's not many companies in canada in fact there's there's no companies in canada right now that qualify as the dividend king category right. but fortis is on the verge very close yeah yeah they can just hold on for a couple more years in fact i think maybe now this was from 2020 fiscal year and i think they may even be at 48 years now but uh they may be splitting hairs canadian utilities i think which you may be yep. covering i'm not sure if you are or not that is uh Another uh, the other major competitor. Uh, so they're the leaders in Canada. So for the purposes of what we're discussing here, for a company that is a true aristocrat, even by you know American standards here for, for Canadian companies, um, Fortis is a company that really rounds out a dividend portfolio. Reasonable mm-hmm. dividend, not high, not too low, but extremely reliable. And that's what we're looking for in this category. I
0: totally agree. And whenever we cover Fortis on the channel, this is one of the favorites in Canada. It really is. Um, people, under, they they know the business, they recognize it. It's just every time I post a video on Fortis, the comments section get flooded with investors who are uh, for this company. So, good Ironically,
1: because so many people probably pay every month uh, their, their utility really. bill and the money goes to Fortis. But.
0: Exactly. Well, let me move on to my pick, which is uh, a US selection. It's my only US selection of the video it's the company 3M. The ticker is MMM, triple M. And today the dividend is just shy of 3%. So a 2.9% yield. I'll pop up a picture on the screen for you guys. This company has paid dividends for more than 100 years interrupted, over 100 years. And they've also increased the annual dividend for 62 consecutive years. So This to me is a perfect example of a dividend king. Again, of course, we do have to look south of the border for that, but this is a stock that has quietly been up uh, over actually 50% from the lows that the stock had seen over the past year or so. And it's funny, I remember covering 3M once or twice back on the channel when the stock was coming down. And. There was not a lot of, um, as with most times, when a stock is just in a downtrend and when it's kind of out of favor, there's not a lot of optimism for that. That said, you know, again, to take a look at this chart, it was not dead. It's still here. It's still around. And this is actually one of the top dividend uh, aristocrat plays, in my opinion. People tend to think of 3M Dad, as I'm sure you know, during this pandemic, it really got kind of pinned as this pandemic play with the masks, the N95 masks. But when you look deeper into the company 3M, they are a much, much deeper company than that. And I can't even start to list the amount of products they have uh, in their library because we'd be here for a long time. But I'll have up on the screen just some of the different categories that they uh, make products in. And I'm sure when you go to your hardware stores or anywhere, really, you're going to come across some 3M, 3M products. For some reason, I always think of them as like a tape company. I'm sure when, you know, people are taping things around the house, you always get the 3M tape. Again, that's just one of many products. But in general, this company does about $32 billion in gross sales, just to give you some perspective in size. In terms of the dividend, the company pays a dividend of $5.92 per year. So of course, a US dollar dividend. And they managed to grow this despite this long, long streak. They're still growing it at a healthy clip. 7% for a streak this long is, um, is very, very impressive to be honest. All doing so, as you said, with a low payout ratio. Clearly, if you've made it this far, you are not going beyond your means when it comes to the dividend. A 60% payout ratio is right in line with that. And what I'll be showing you guys on the screen uh, is basically a few charts or clips that I took of the year by year dividends dating back to 1995. The chart goes back further, but I'm just going to 1995. And as you can see, year after year, these dividends are increasing. And I really think it's fun to visualize it in this way because you really get some perspective. And, you know, I, I talked about at the at the outset of this video, there are certain periods such as, you know, the financial crisis back in 2008 and 2009, where you do notice the increases becoming smaller than usual. That's really to be expected uh, as companies are, you know, in some cases struggling to survive, but in general, 3M, I think, is a phenomenal choice when we're looking for reliable dividends. It gives you exposure to the U.S. market and globally. They sell their products everywhere, but uh, with the over a hundred-year streak history, 3M would be my first selection for the video.
1: That's a. I think it's a good company, and I've, I was listening intently to what you're saying, and I'm. I will take a note later and look into the company a little bit deeper. If I'm not mistaken, 3M did invent the
0: the Post-it notes. That's exactly the, right. I believe. <laughs> I See, I don't use post-it notes that I, I use my, I use my Mac no?
1: <laughs> Well, I reached into my drawer while you were talking and I pulled this out because I am old enough to still uh, use post-it notes very rarely, but, uh, I'm trying to wean off of them. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think it was an accidental, I think someone screwed up on the glue and they just, if I'm not mistaken, the history of the, of the post-it note, but, uh, you're probably, uh, yeah, you're so, probably correct. You're probably correct on that. Awesome. But a hundred years plus of paying dividends. Crazy. Like, uh, pretty stellar. So uh, stellar, yeah. I'm gonna move into my second company. It is a US company as well, and it feels a little bit in comparison to 3M, but the company is Clorox, and this is a household name. The ticker on Clorox is CLX, trading at $190 US, so it's not out there for everybody. The yield is 2.3%, a little bit on the lower side compared to what we're talking with today. It's about $4.44 per share. Um, Similar to the previous company I looked at, I love the diverse product line that uh, Clorox has <clears throat> there. You know, 41% in health and wellness. They have a 27% product line in household goods, 17% lifestyle, and then about 15% in, in international sales. You will have Clorox products in your house. You know, the, the, the sort of the poster child is the bleach, you know, the Clorox bleach, but they have you know, Hidden Valley Ranch. They've got the GLAD, you know, Saran Wrap, that type of thing. <clears throat> GLAD. Plastic wrap, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for <clears throat> barbecue coals. They've got pine saw. I mean, just we'll throw a chart, a brand chart up on the um, screen here, but you can see how much of a household name you're going to get uh, from this company. About 80% of their products are either first or second in market share around the world. So, you know, that is uh, really stellar. They have a very strong track record of delivering value. Here's a a clip from their recent, most recent annual report and it shows their comparison to the S&P 500, the broader market, stellar performance there. And they're, they are growing their operating cash flow. If, if you, I've, I haven't been on this channel very long, but if you um, have been listening to you know, my videos, I do place a high emphasis on cash flow. And if we look at the uh, operating cash flow here, you will see a steady growth in that department, which really makes the dividends uh, much more sustainable, much more predictable in that respect. On the dividends specifically, as I mentioned, they're paying 4.44 44 per share, about a 2.3% yield, not as high as some of the other videos or some of the other companies that we've covered in this series. But the whole point of this series was to give a, a, an array, a vast a variety of different types of incomes. Some are higher yield, higher risk, some are lower, more sustainable, just a whole variety. So when you're building mm-hmm. that portfolio, you know, you're going to spread those eggs uh, through different baskets in that respect, right? They have right. about a 7.5% compound annual growth rate, and they have been paying the dividend for 43 years in a row. Very respectable, again, compared to 3M, You know, not even half, but very reliable. And like you said earlier, in tough times, mm-hmm. they've proven uh, because of the depth and the broad uh, array of products that they have, that they do have staying power. So Clorox is a company that, in a dividend-paying portfolio, I think deserves some attention. Right, and
0: I think it's uh, that's a good pick right now too. These days, like especially given the pandemic, because um,
1: it's supposed to kill the virus, right? That's I mean, well, bleach is used. I'm assuming you're referring to the bleach, and bleach is is used in restaurants and all kinds of cleaning things on a regular basis. So,
0: that, yeah, that was well, that, I wasn't going for that. I was I was thinking you got, when you drink the bleach. It'll actually kill the virus from the inside, but it, I'll just move oh, on man, to my next. I
1: totally missed that one, but that was a good one. I wish I would have picked up on that quick. Okay,
0: I'm gonna move on to my next pick. I do really like that uh, selection. That Clorox is not a stock that gets covered too much. It's um, but uh, that's what a choice. I'm gonna move on to a Canadian selection, and you did actually kind of mention it at the top of this video. You mentioned the stock Canadian utilities. Now, if you recall from our previous videos, we actually covered Canadian utilities in our first episode. I'm going to be going with actually the parent organization, which is the company ATCO, ticker ACO.X. Today, the dividend is very high at 4.22%. And for those that are not familiar with this company, on the screen, you'll be looking at a breakdown of the corporate structure. So as we can see, you'll note Canadian Utilities on the right side. That's obviously its own independent company. But ATCO is up at the top of this corporate um, chain, I guess we can call it. And this holding company actually does provide you some more diversification, a little more depth across different segments because you are getting exposure to the logistics side of things, ports operations. We're actually going to take a look at those in a second, construction, as mentioned before, and corporate financing, all those types of things that you're getting, along with the exposure to Canadian utilities. When I mentioned that you are getting more depth. I'll put up a chart of the uh, just um, it's a map essentially sharing you where what type of geographical exposure you're getting. And obviously through Canadian utilities, you're getting the Canadian exposure as well as areas such as Mexico and Australia, the Caribbean as well. Actually, uh, that seems to be a place often where these utility companies do uh, do business, as you mentioned in your as in your pick. But you do see through South you do see through the ports segment of their business, you are getting exposure to South America. And, um, that to me is quite unique. It gives you that extra layer, uh, versus just going out and buying utilities, then you're getting the U S exposure through their structures and logistics. And to the left of this chart, you will notice something that I do find is very important. They have a credit rating, a very reliable one through both standard and pores and DBRS uh, Morningstar. And I heard one thing the other day, dad, it was when you are a, um, utility company, and people are relying on you for power and they're relying on you for electricity and water. This is probably the one area of all companies. Maybe there's other ones that I'm not thinking of, but it's where the customers expect your product to be delivered day in and day out, 24 hours around the clock. You know, you don't, you don't really get these like, you know, pretty good, you know, pretty reliable companies or yeah, we're good. Most of the time it's, we need to be there for you. We need to be a reliable company and people really depend
1: on that. And I you, was just going to say like Rogers, for example, the other day when their system went down, oh, that, for that was
0: mayhem across the country. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that is a,
0: that's a great comparable. That's another one nowadays that I would say is quite important, yeah, but yeah. with Canadian utilities, you see here, for example, 73 years of history in more than 100 cu- countries and you only get this, uh, far and advanced when you have uh, just when you run your business really well. So I think that's one thing that is worth noting, especially in an area that is relied upon as much as utilities um, in terms of the dividend, 28 years of increasing dividend. So quite strong for the Canadian market. Again, in comparison, you know, you can find longer streaks out there. They pay 44 cents per quarter, which is the equivalent of $1 and 79 cents Canadian per year overall i would just say that this is a very very safe play with the nice yield so to start off today with a 4.22 percent yield and a company that's increasing and a company that's established across global exposure or global presence I've covered ATCO before in the past and I thought it was a good buy. It has picked up slightly, still trading at a PE under 20. I I think that this stock is actually not a bad one to be looking at at the moment. That's just a personal opinion. If you're looking for a buy and a long-term hold, but that is my second pick for the company. It's the company ATCO.
1: That's a great pick, Brandon. And yeah, it's not a household name necessarily. uh, But uh, as the parent company, the the diversity beneath the, you know, that title is is quite immense. So for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll move on to my third and final pick for today. And I'm going to admit, a little confession here, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, This is a dividend aristocrats video. And so theoretically, we should be picking only dividend aristocrats. I'm going to pick an ETF. I'm going to share some information regarding an ETF that invests in uh, a basket of dividend aristocrats. And the the, uh, ETF is the BMO uh, Equal Weight Bank index ETF. So this mm-hmm. is a Canadian ETF and it, it the ticker is ZEB and it ha- is a a medium risk ETF that has only six holdings and those are spread out between uh all Canadian banks. So there's there's six Canadian banks all obviously around 16 or so percent. In fact, I think I can throw up a chart here that shows uh the distribution on those or the you know the the balance on those. Yeah, around 16 uh, or 17% per company. So They are rebalanced to keep those weightings equal. As a quick comparison, I just wanted to show a a couple of graphs or a few few charts on how this ETF has represented the Canadian banks. And it's because the banks themselves have different rates of returns over various periods. It won't replicate one of them. But if we look at the first chart here, this is just a one-year number uh, for, for these charts. So you'll see I put the five largest Canadian banks and ZEB, and you'll see on the right hand scale where ZEB falls basically right in the middle on that one year time frame. If you look at a five year time frame, you're going to see ZEB once again falling right in the middle of the other banks. And lastly, you're going to see ZEB on a 10 year time frame again, right in the middle. So this is a very good proxy, I would say, for you know the Canadian banks. The main reason I wanted to talk about this without getting into the fund itself is I wanted to give a shout out to our Canadian banks. And it blows me away how long, well, first of all, how old the banks are, uh, even older than me, if you can believe that. <laughs> Secondly, how long they've been playing it, paying a dividend. So just have a look at some of these numbers here. The longest paying dividend is the Bank of Montreal, and they've paid their first dividend in 1829. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I didn't even calculate how many years that is, but that's getting pretty close to 200 years, I guess, that they've been paying that dividend. Bank of Nova Scotia since 1832, TD 1857, CIBC since 1868, and the newcomer, Royal Bank of Canada, has been paying a dividend since 1870. So when you look at that longevity uh, they haven't been increasing consistently, but they've been paying for that period of time. And that just uh, I mean that I thought that deserves some kudos to to highlight the fact that our Canadian banks have been paying dividends for that long. The the fund itself averages, I believe, around three and a half percent yield. And it does pay monthly uh, for those of you who like oh. monthly. And it does have a management expense ratio of, of, of 60 basis points. So 0.6 of a percent. So that's something always to keep in mind. You could go out and buy those banks directly, avoid that management fee, uh, you know, depending on what your investment style is. So when I look at, uh, again, the consistency, the reliability of dividend payers, and that's what you get with uh, aristocrats, this is another way of playing those without owning the companies directly.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't consider that cheating for this video. I think it's, um, it's a very fair workaround because... I mean, especially this fund, it's a very concentrated fund on all dividend aristocrats. So I, 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 yeah, although it's not an individual stock per se, I think that's a very, very fair pick personally.
1: I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. Nice. It wouldn't take me too long to go through all the banks one by one anyway. So
0: exactly. Okay. Well, I'm going to finish this off with another favorite here in uh, Canada. It's the company Enbridge, ticker ENB.TO. The Canadian ticker trades for $46. You will note that this does trade on the US exchange as well. So if you are looking to this company, just make sure you're looking at the right one. Today, we're looking at a starting yield above 7%. And this as we probably are all quite familiar with, this is one of Canada's top energy plays. They're headquartered in Alberta and they're just a major transporter of energy. They do other things as well, but uh, across North America, they're very involved with moving uh, energy across the nation. The dividend itself, I'm just going to put up a beautiful chart here that shows the 10% compound annual growth rate. This chart in particular is dating, looking at data back to 1995. They have actually paid cash dividends for over 66 years to their shareholders, not necessarily growing them, but still a very long track record in this case. This is looking back in December. So about four four months ago, they announced a 3% increase, nothing major, but still a bump up. This equates to about a $3.34. Cent dividend per share on an annualized basis. One thing that I do get a ton of questions on when we cover companies like Enbridge, people that do take a little deep uh, deeper dive will notice that the payout ratio is actually quite high, and that is absolutely the case with a company like this. And I know you mentioned that actually in at the top of this video, as well as in your last video, we talked about just some workarounds and looking at dividends. And although cash, uh, although net income is often um, kind of the status the standard and that's what people do look for you can also look to a company's cash flow and the free cash flow that that they generate in order to uh, meet these dividend requirements and what you'll see is that over the past three years with this company the cash flow has been trending in the right direction and that may be simply due to the energy sector showing some more signs of life it could be more of a play on global uh you know the global economy just picking up and recovering I know it wasn't long ago that Enbridge and Suncor and this entire industry was just on a steep downtrend and everyone was saying at the time, dad, everyone was saying here, oh, energy's dead. Energy's gone. It's like literally I got those comments time and time again. And it's just so foolish. Just to me, just a telltale sign that that stock is a one to look at because in Enbridge's case, it has picked up actually as of recently. Today, again, the shares that we'd be looking at are $46.00. Again, it's still maybe considered undervalued in the big scheme of things. If you do look at Morningstar, they do still have the stock rated as a four-star buy. Even after looking at this uh, nice little uptick that the company's seen, again, you're starting with a phenomenal yield. And what I want to kind of summarize this pick with and maybe transition onto the end of our video here, Dad, is even in a very volatile industry such as the energy industry i you mentioned that in the last video as well where earnings do fluctuate a ton the fact that this company has been paying dividends and in many cases increasing it that's the perfect example of how management is able to manage these cash flows there's actually a chart that i have here on the screen that just shows basically going back a decade that this company has sustained a nice high dividend with increases with time. And that to me just proves that, you know, through the good, through the bad, through, you know, macroeconomic events, through company specific events, where cru- the price of oil is changing all in all different directions. These aristocrats, which have these track records, that does say something about the company. And I think that's, um, you know, Enbridge is a very clear example to me because of how volatile it is. But that goes for all the companies that we covered in this in this video. When you get streaks like this, they don't just happen by fluke.
1: It's like you say, it's good solid management through, in some cases, decades, and obviously not the same manager, but it's the corporate culture right. where they place emphasis on that. So, right, great. that's, well, a, that's I, a good pick, Brad. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Well, I like personally. I really liked all the picks from today. This would be, you know, looking at our six stocks for today. I think we. Um, I like I like the companies. I think a lot of reliable options and a very healthy mix of Canadian and U.S. I, I think it is as well.
1: This is also these are sort of representative of a number of other companies. If you, uh, I don't know, Brennan, right in, in the in the notes or the, the detail area below, if we can put maybe a link or two to some of the the dividend aristocrat, uh, you know, in- lists. True. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, put yeah, in, it put in the be description below. Yeah, I can do yeah. that. And, you know, important to note that we've picked six companies today and 24 overall during this series, and there are a lot of other really good companies out there. Mm-hmm. We'd love you to cover them all. But this is where you can now take this framework that we've hopefully – helped you lay down and go and look at what is what is best for you. But, you know, at the end of the day, in fact, what I want to do before we uh, close off today, Brandon, is go and look at that spreadsheet that we built spreadsheet up. To we started, uh, we started uh, you know, three weeks ago, I guess now. And just a quick look at it on the left-hand side of the screen, uh, I'll go through this quickly because if you've been watching the series, you probably have got this figured out by now. But you'll see the companies listed down the left-hand side, the di- current dividend yield, and the months in which they are paying the dividend. If you flick over to the right hand side, you will see on the right hand column, the total that each of those companies is paying per year. And then just in graphical, oh, just a quick point there at the top of the right hand column, you're gonna see a total of just over a thousand dollars. So wow. this would assume that you have a portfolio, a thousand dollars each, so $24,000 invested. I did the math earlier. I think it's around a four and a half percent yield on average. Cool some higher, some lower, a real mixture of some higher risk, but higher payers, some lower payers, but much more secure. And that's really how you build a portfolio is by having that mix. Finally, the chart at the top just shows in graphical format. This is how much payment you would expect every month. And if you're using that to reinvest, if you're using that to pay for groceries or, you know, whatever your cash flow purposes are, this kind of gives you a good idea of, starting from scratch, how we've got to this point. And you can massage this for whatever works best for you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so cool to see everything come together like that. Um, it was just piece by piece. And now you look at it and it is a fully functional, fully built up portfolio. And as you mentioned there, dad, you know, we are just cherry picking, you know, six stocks out of each industry. These are just Uh, examples and ideas where you can branch off further into stocks that maybe resonate with you better, but it's the overall concept that we're going for. And there were other comments we got, you know, cover, we got requests to cover other topics, right? Like we picked our four topics here in the growers, the streaks, um, you know, or we covered all those. There were even more suggestions and, you know, we could have extended this series longer. I think we thought about, but at the same time, this was like a mini (laughs) <laughs> a mini series. And I think we've kind of concluded that here's what a portfolio can look like. So maybe like if there are other topics that you guys would like covered on dividends, be sure to let us know down below.
1: Right. Well, well One of the ones we saw quite a bit uh, were covered calls, um, yeah. uh, uh, split share corporations, which yeah. pay a much higher dividend. There's right. you know, different, different mechanisms that they use to generate a higher yield than the actual underlying companies have so I would expect that we will probably dedicate a separate video to that but you're right separate. I think we we were going to have three s- videos in this series we extended it to four mm-hmm. and uh, I think we got to the point where at least conceptually we've laid down that framework so you could go on and on and you could add growth companies Exactly, after, you know, building yeah. a portfolio is much more than this but this is exactly start. Agreed.
0: So yeah, maybe those other uh, video suggestions can be more tailored towards a specific video. So if you do have any other dividend related videos that you guys would like to see, leave them down below. We read them all and those will definitely give us some inspiration for some uh, dedicated videos rather than this uh, series. Cause I think now that we can just kind of close things off,
1: conclude. And- uh, before you conclude, I would like to say we've been speaking specifically about dividends, but maybe there's another series with a, uh, you know, with a different overriding topic right. or category that you would like us to work on and can't think of anything right now, but I'm sure there's something. So sure. yeah, leave a suggestion that way too. And we'll make every effort to put that together. I've really enjoyed this sort of every Saturday, you know, doing this and mm-hmm. and uh, continue in whatever direction that takes us.
0: I totally agree. And we'll let the viewers decide. Yeah. So Leave your comments down below if you guys enjoyed this series and you learned something new as always drop a big thumbs up as that really does help out the channel. If you're not already subscribed to us, uh, we post videos, our individual videos, joint videos. We do all sorts of stuff, multiple videos a week. So be sure to subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. And then uh, as always, we have our investing academy down below. You can learn all about that by clicking the first link down below. Anything else, any final words, dad, or do we
1: just close nope. off the series and never open it up again? Just close the series, never open it up again. No, it just it's been a blast doing this. I really hope we brought some value to you and given you some ideas and some concepts and some framework, like I said earlier. So, no, let's just wrap it up, Brandon, and move on to the next series.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, sticking with us. If you watched all, I'm curious, if anyone watched every single one of these dividend series, let us know in the comment section below. I'm sure some people tuned in and out for certain topics, but if you've been with us through episodes one through four, leave a comment down below
1: because that would be awesome to hear. If you're a dividend series aristocrat, we want to know about it. Four consecutive weeks of watching us, that qualifies.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you guys for watching, Dad. Enjoy your weekend uh, over there. We'll see what we can do. I think the weather's supposed to be bad this weekend, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be rainy all weekend, but. Oh, well, that's life. That's life. (laughs) Just go into the studio and make another video.
0: Yeah, perfect. All right. Okay. Talk to you later, Dad. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.